This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. It's 19.38 on the Small Business Tuesday edition of A Power Business in Studio. I'm joined by Inga Sibata, who's founder and director of Stitched by Inga. And it is in our Small Business Tuesday segment as we unpack her life and her journey and her work. Inga, good evening to you. Thank you for being in studio. Good evening to the listeners and thank you so much for having me in studio. Before we get into the nitties about your business and even your career before the business, because I know you from your career before the business, <laughs> let's talk about Inga, where you're from, uh, you know, and how you land up in Johannesburg. Sure. Um, I've moved around quite a lot, originally from the Eastern Cape um, in Ngobo, and then moved to Free State Valcom and then studied in Pretoria, uh, Pretoria Tech, Back in my days, I think it's TUT. TUT. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Pretoria Tech, um, TUT, and then moved to Johannesburg. And of course, uh, you actually studied PR and comms. Correct. Okay, talk to us about your life in PR and comms. So, graduated in goodness, I'm gonna reveal my age, but yeah. graduated in 2006. Mm-hmm. 2006, 2007 um, in PR and comms and then, you know, worked my way through the industry. Um, I've worked for some of the very well-known brands, sought after brands. And it's been, it was a a lovely career. I really enjoyed my time in the nine to five space. Um, I've had the opportunity to be part of some amazing campaigns that people loved and I was behind the scenes. I really loved being behind the scenes. (laughs) And now I'm in front of the scene. Yes, like I said, you are the scene tonight. <laughs> so, I mean, at some point um, after all of the wonderful work you did behind the scenes, Inga, something uh, shifts and you decide to uh, go off on your own. Talk to us about becoming an entrepreneur, what that decision was like. It was it was very difficult. It took me about two years to finally hand in my resignation. Um, usually I was scared. Obviously, I was scared. I wasn't sure if it will succeed, if my plan will succeed. I wasn't sure if this thing that I had planned on paper and practically to some part, if it will be what I wanted it to be. Um, I typed and deleted my resignation letter so many times. And then eventually I had to take the leap of faith. It was a it was an emotionally taxing um, transition mm-hmm. because, you know, I have small kids, I have financial responsibilities, and I didn't want to be my husband's third baby. Do you know what I mean? By depending on him to even buy me the basic stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, it was really a tough decision. But fortunately, uh, it worked out. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it didn't, then I'd be forced to go back to a nine to five, which I do not want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, Stitched by Inga. Why was it fashion that you, uh, was it a fashion bag that bit you? Uh, You know, you could have gone into any business. Not necessarily. I mean, I've always loved fashion and styling and clothes. I mean, growing up, I used to have Barbie dolls that I sold clothes for. But at the time, I didn't think it was going to be a business. And the reason it became fashion is because I I love style and I just found that I couldn't find anything that I like in store. Um, And while I knew the basics of sewing, you know, like a pencil skirt or a shift dress, I wanted to learn the craft and actually qualify in it and learn the technicalities and how to draft a pattern. And, you know, if I'm fitting something and it doesn't sit right, what do I need to do or what could have gone wrong? So then I enrolled in a part time course 
um, at Vega, uh, the Young Smarts um, campus, and I actually studied the course part time, and which was which was really really fun. I really enjoyed myself. And of course, uh, when you are starting a business like this, there are quite a few things that you need to have in place. Uh, first of all, machinery. Uh, that sounds like something uh, that you might want to have uh, as people to help you. So, I mean, I'm sure you, with what you had learned at Vega, you could sew one or two items on your Absolutely. own. But if you're taking orders, uh, it does become a different ball game altogether. Talk to us about setting up your workshop. Sure. Um, so the first, you know, I feel like this is my second interview because I was talking to someone exactly about how <laughs> the business developed. Yes. So the first seven months, firstly, Stitch by Inga was a business born by accident. Yep. Um, I never thought that it would be a business. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just studying Vega as a hobby. I wanted to sew for myself. I had no intention of having the clientele that I have now. I had no intention of having a business, but I suppose through dressing myself and people liking my style, then they started asking questions and asking me to make them stuff. And that's how Stitch Bang I was born. The first seven months of actually now running it as a business, I I was flying solo. I still had my nine to five. So, and this was pre-COVID days where people could not work from home. We had to go to the office every day. So I'd be at the office until five. I get home, cook, feed the kids, eat family dinner. When everybody's asleep, I'm sitting behind a machine, you know, yes, sewing. On weekends, I'm sewing, had no life. Um, That was the first seven months on my, of my business. And then naturally the clientele started growing more people started coming and then I needed more help. And then I hired my first seamstress um, in 2020, January, pre-COVID, just before COVID happened. COVID happened and believe it or not, um, Stitch by Inga grew tremendously during COVID. Okay. Well, that's an interesting dynamic. Exactly. Because a lot of people's businesses suffered. Yeah, Yeah, they went under. But Stitch by Inga skyrocketed during COVID. I suppose it's people being home and, you know, having extra cash because they don't spending it on petrol and, you know, all of those things. So then hired my second seamstress in 2020. Um, and then late 2020, 2021, hired my third seamstress. Now the business is booming. It's getting popular. It's picking up speed. That's when I made the decision to leave my nine to five also because I was struggling to juggle everything. Um, and I had to make the difficult decision to choose what I really, really wanted to do. And it was to, you know, develop my business and run it. Um, and then, yeah, and then I had to have a driver, you know, for the urgent deliveries. And now I was struggling to, even after quitting nine to five, I was now struggling to manage my diary, appointments, consultations. Then I had to hire an assistant. So <laughs> I feel like I've been running a marathon. and so growth, it, so growth problems. <laughs> yeah. Growth problems, you know. Um and I had to buy machines. So I started with what you call a domestic machine. So mm-hmm. that's the machine I took to class with me every Saturday when I went to class. So I literally just had a domestic machine, a one, one straight domestic machine and one um, overlock for people to understand fashion mm-hmm. and one overlock. And then when I started hiring, then I also had to buy machines. Mm-hmm. So I'm currently sitting with about six um, industrial machines mm-hmm. um, and I'm running out of space, which now means I have to look for bigger space. Like it just never ends, mm-hmm. but it's a good problem to have. Absolutely. And I'm very fascinated uh, to find out about a building a clientele. You know, it, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a, um, a niche one. And the reason that I say that is because everybody has their seamstress mm. uh, to very different degrees of reliability, by, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. And everyone has their person. And so at some point, you know, for you to convince people that, 
come give me a try, come see what I've done. Just talk talk about that. And also how social media uh, may be a good, uh, you know, way to put your product out there. Um, so I'd say not to blow my own horn, mm. but I think what has contributed to my growth um, had a lot to do with word of mouth. So you treat one client well, you show up for one client well, they go and tell two of their friends, two of their friends to tell four of their friends, four of their friends tell eight of their friends. And just like that, you know, you have a good client base. So the fact that also, you know, I run a very reliable business, mm-hmm. client deadlines are everything to us mm-hmm. and we don't promise what we can deliver. So there are clients that have turned back and said, you know, this does not fall within our area of expertise, rather contact so-and-so and I'll refer them to other designers that can do what they're looking for. So, and that has built credibility for me because next time they'll come back and say, hey, just wanted to check if this is something you can do. And, and that has helped a lot. On the social media front, um, you know, I have to give credit. May her soul continue to rest in peace. Zoleka Mandela, who used to be my client. I used to curate everything she wore um, when, you know, she took international and local stages. And her influence really, really helped my business grow. I really do give a lot of credit to who she became in my life when my business was and is still growing. So that helped a lot. I remember the first time she posted um, an outfit I did. She was in, I think she was in Washington, D.C. And she posted and I literally got 3,000 followers overnight. Wow. Literally. 3000 followers yeah. and my phone could not stop buzzing. I had to I had to put it on on flight, flight mode. mode. <laughs> Eventually anxiety. Yes, cuz yeah. now I'm having anxiety. I'm like, mm. "Oh my goodness, what am I going to do with all these people?" You know, now I'm stressing and I just I put it on flight mode cuz it was morning her time and it was nighttime my time. Mm. So now my phone is buzzing. I put it on flight mode. I went to bed. I was like, "I'll deal with all of this tomorrow." Mm-hmm. So she really really helped and through her a lot of people then obviously got to know about me and my social media page grew i think by the time when i met zolega i was on like 1500 followers or something and now i'm sitting on you know 24000 over 24000 crazy that is crazy crazy absolutely crazy and this also just shows the power of one right when you are opening your business let's talk about funding that's a big one right um and going from your domestic machine which i'm sure you could buy with your salary just to industrial machines it's a whole different ball game uh, how has that been and managing cash flow and paying employees and all of that is all part of i think probably the most difficult part of running a business cash flow is always a challenge and you always need to stay on top of it so um i always prioritize my employees and my suppliers mm-hmm. um and and funding is a challenge in south africa you know it's it's difficult as a small business to get anybody to trust you with their money, right? So, look, I have decided that funding will find me on the way. It's not going to stop what I want to do. Um, So I used whatever profit I make that month, you know, you save it and little by little it will add up to buying your first industrial machine which is which is not cheap mm. you know buying your first one my three industrial machines believe it or not i bought them with the money i made from selling masks oh okay during covid <laughs> that's crazy believe that's it or not one. yeah yes i sold so many masks when president um cyril ramaphosa said people can go outside but they must wear masks and cloth masks were also allowed yes i made so much money i bought three industrial machines 
with my mask money, believe it or not. It's, we don't often say this because I guess it was a very difficult time, but COVID was was not so bad for you, Inga. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it took a lot from all from of us, us emotionally. Absolutely. You know, we lost people we love. We were all scared. We were panicking. We had anxiety. Uh, but for me personally, on a business front, on a business front, it was it was amazing. It was the best time for my business. There's also the option that you had of using a, a CMT and maybe we can help the listener understand what a CMT is. And you didn't go in that direction. Talk to us about why. So so there's a CMT option of running a clothing business. So a CMT is when the owner does the designs and then hands the designs over to someone who already has like a factory type of a setting and then they execute your designs. I decided to run all of my designs in-house. That way I have control over deadlines. I don't have to, you know, anticipate excuses of why things are not done on time. And then that in turn, you know, affects my relationship with my clients because when clients come to you, they come to you because generally they have somewhere to go and because they have somewhere to go they have a deadline mm. so i can't now come and then say oh we couldn't do this because we had load shedding for six hours or you know we ran out of zips or whatever so when the production is run in-house then i have control of what can be done by when and what is realistic and that's why i chose in-house versus cmt Let's talk about CMT stands for cut, measure, and trim. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about load shedding. Because, of course, uh, that has been a span in the works of all businesses. But I think maybe particularly yours where you need uh, electricity to make the machines go. So the the good and the bad part of, you know, not having the comfort of a salary is that you don't have a choice but to make the decision you've made work. Mm -hmm. So when we had rolling load sheddings, I firstly bought a generator, a generator. Yes, mm -hmm. that was the first thing that I had to do because it was cheaper. I could afford it. And then eventually I managed to also build up enough capital to install, install a solar system. So because the thing is, the truth of the matter is that as much as clients will extend you grace the first or second time, third time they're going to find somebody who's yeah. more reliable, yeah. you know. Yeah. So as the business, you you will have to make the tough decision of saying, this money that I had saved and hoped to invest in something bigger, maybe finding a bigger space and, you know, scaling the business, the scaling will have to pause for now because this is more urgent right now. So started with a generator that was like 10,000 rands. And then only last year, I, I, I was able to afford putting in a solar system. So I never have excuses and we never miss deadlines and I'm always reliable. <laughs> I often hear entrepreneurs that I interview speak about managing people. Uh, you know, managing employees and how difficult that is. How difficult is it, Inga? For me, I love peopling. It's literally okay. the favorite part of my job. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's yeah. the admin part of my business that I hate. Mm -hmm. The people part is easy for me. And I credit the industry that I'm from. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in PR and... I don't know if there's any industry that you people as much as you do in PR. Like you meet all sorts of characters in PR and you have to learn to adjust yourself to the characters you meet. So the employees that I've had, a lot of them have been with me for three, four years, you know, except for the recent ones that I've added last year and this year. But my seamstresses, um, they've stayed. They haven't left. Even during COVID, they've stayed. My clients, I don't lose clients. Maybe in the past five years, I'd say like a handful of them have left. 
you know, but most of my day ones, they've been with me even through the growing pains. And it's it's really because of the relationship that I have with them. So peopling for me is not a problem, to be honest with you. It's it's the easiest part of my business. It's it's the admin, the accounting, the this and the that. Goodness, yeah. <laughs> There's also the important aspects of support, mentorship, uh, supportive family. Let's talk about that. Uh, and I think for many entrepreneurs, that can be the make or break. You know, who's in your corner? Uh, who's Who's got grace for you? Who's uh, contributing to your uh, day-to-day, uh, you know, support structure as a whole? I have an amazing support structure. Um, I can never not speak about my husband um, of 12 years and counting. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> um, extremely supportive. So obviously with the busyness of being an entrepreneur, there's there's a lot of running around that you do as the owner and the founder. So there's a lot of home front stuff that he's had to pick up, like, you know, dropping the kids at school and sometimes fetching them when I can't, um, attending parents' meetings if I can't. So my husband has been amazing, amazing. When I first started this journey, my, just to give you context, Mm. my first child was under two and my second one was seven months. Sure. Okay. So we literally had to move baby car seats from my car to his car because now he became the primary parent. Mm. He had to be the one who takes them for vaccinations, for doctor's appointments, and he did all of that with out complaining and then i have my amazing helper who helps run the household um you know i've had to hand over a lot of responsibility to her as well but obviously compensate mm. accordingly so that that also helps my family is amazing my in-laws my close family from my side is also amazing extremely supportive so it's 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 a community mm-hmm. it's i am at the forefront but there's so many people behind me Let's talk about uh, how you will know that Stitched by Inga is successful. What would it look like uh, to you, Inga? All of the sacrifices that you've made or sacrifices that your family has made to support you and to get you here have been worth it. Retail stores. If I have shelf space in retail stores, then I can say, Mama, I made it. You made it. Yes. Because having a factory is easy. I mean, mm-hmm. opening a factory is easy, which is which is in the pipeline, mm-hmm. in the very near future pipeline. But, you know, seeing Stitch by Inga in, you know, your big retail stores, for me, that will be like, okay, I'm, I'm getting there. And of course, you mentioned the issue of funding. You could support South Africa's entrepreneurs better. How would you do that? And what are some of the things that you think are quick, we can do now, and there shouldn't even be something entrepreneurs are battling with? I would say, you know, especially entrepreneurs that are in the, you know, retail space, um, buy from them, you know, and give them feedback if you're not happy. Because there's there's also this trend where if clients are not happy, they, they feel like they can't say mm, that mm. they're not happy. And you should because, I mean, I attribute a lot of my growth to the feedback that I get from clients. If they're not happy about something, then I, I go and reflect and see how we can do better for the next client. So buy from them without asking for discount. Mm-hmm. Please. Even if you're family, even if you're a friend, <laughs> even if you're a family or a friend uh, and give feedback, constructive feedback that maybe next time, you know, I'd appreciate if you did this um, and, and, and put them out there like platforms like this, mm. for example, they help a lot, you know, in because we don't have money for advertising. We don't have big advertising, advertising spend. We can't afford it. So such platforms 
they help a lot and and really do believe i do understand that you as an investor you can't you know put your money behind a business that's on a page you want to see a business and mm. see their books and whatever but if a business has made it through the first 1000 days which is 3 years chances are it will make it through another 1000 days and just just give them a chance mm. Now, uh, before I let you go, I must uh, ask where people can find you, your product, when they want to see, when they want to shop. Uh, you know, I think it's, a, it's an important part of our conversation. So I'm on Instagram, Stitched by Inga on Instagram. Um, my website is www.stitchedbyinga.co, not .co.za, but .co. Um, okay. so my no ZA. Knows that day. Okay, got you. Um, email address is inga at stitchbyinga.co.za. Um, contact details 074-886-8711. But all of that information can be found on my Instagram page and also on the website. Fantastic. Thank you for coming. Thank you for speaking to us about your business. Really rooting for you. Thank you so much for having me. Fantastic. That's our Small Business Tuesday this evening with Inga Svata, who is founder and director at Stitched by Inga. And you can search for that on Instagram and find out all about her business and uh, her wonderful garments. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.